0: We're heading down to Mexico from Just Dawn, coming up next.
1: Haven't Seen It with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenet. hello everybody welcome on in thank you all so much for listening today this is a podcast where at least one of us is watching a movie for the very first time and today that person is myself we are doing from dusk till dawn a robert rodriguez film from 1996 you can find it streaming on hbo max tommy how you doing today pretty good pretty good just
0: we watched that amazing movie that i've always loved and we have a special guest this time uh first time we had a guest on the pod so um upstairs um,
1: steve welcome to the podcast how are you doing today
2: good to be here guys this is uh Definitely an honor and a privilege to be uh, the first guest on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about it, and um, I haven't listened to an episode. Just so I guess now. Um, <laughs> I'll be completely straight up with you, but uh,
1: a true it, supporter. I appreciate. Yeah, I, I appreciate you being a true supporter. I actually he's our like, biggest fan.
2: <laughs> like as soon as Tommy told me that he was doing this, I was just like, "Wow, okay, nerd." And then he's just like, "Hey, do you want to be like on the podcast for an episode?" I'm like, "Absolutely, dude." do <laughs> I
0: love want,
1: to hear, want to have people hear me talk of course <laughs> well now you have to listen to every single episode it's kind of it's kind of a rule now you're yeah. part of the canon now <laughs> yeah no
2: i have to see if you guys are shitting on me when i'm not on the podcast which every other episode every
0: episode, it's gonna be every episode <laughs> yeah. every episode just like upstairs steve is such a fucking loser nah. <laughs> the, the past will get
2: quickly uh pushed to tommy i'm, I'm yeah. sure of it but yeah uh,
1: as for- as natural you know it's nature's order to have the the chef pushed right on Tommy.
2: Yeah, um, very much so. But um, so, I do love this movie and I did want to jump on the opportunity. So um, good to be here, guys.
1: Yeah. And so please like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever the hell you get your podcasts. You can hit that little icon. Maybe leave us a five star review. It helps us out. It lets the channel grow. You can follow mm. us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. And here's from Dust till dawn
2: for two of America's most dangerous criminals. Do you understand the meaning of the words low profile? One night is all that stands between them and freedom.
1: This is my kind of place.
2: But it's going to be one hell of a night. From Robert Rodriguez. From Quentin Tarantino. Welcome to slavery. No, thanks. I already had a wife. From dusk till dawn.
1: Rated R. So yeah, this is the 1996 film from *Dust Till Dawn. It's George Clooney's first leading man role. And yeah, you can tell why he's had a little success in Hollywood in this movie. And you can tell why Quentin Tarantino has never acted in a leading part again. I think that's a pretty fair assessment, huh? Or, apart from his
2: movies, at least. But, um, you know, he's not really acting in any of the movies that he does act. And he, he um, is very much one to act naturally. Uh you know, and that's not necessarily a good thing sometimes. But um, yeah, man's a genius. He's my second favorite director. Um, I carry a bad motherfucker wallet in my wallet at all time in my pocket at all times. <laughs> oh, I do my wallet within a now. wallet. No.
1: Yeah. Who's your favorite <laughs> yeah. director? That's that's the real question. Oh, I'm Italian.
2: Scorsese. It's uh, just it, it, it's it's on your birth certificate. You're he not has, allowed to like any
0: other directors.
1: Greatest greatest yeah, looking director
0: right there. And okay. you have the uh, Goodfellas poster in the background. I see. So
2: yeah, no one dog looks one way and the other dog goes the other way. And this guy says what you want from
0: me. It's classic. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's really good that like Tarantino doesn't really act that much at all um, in any of his movies. <laughs> like remember Django and Chain when he tried like the terrible Southern accent and just like, oh. it was like yeah. It just like took you out of the movie immediately. It's like, oh god, Tarantino, just stop, please. <laughs> you you do it because
2: of shock value. You you like just see his face and you're just like, ah, there's Tarantino, <laughs> like, there's
1: you ever, the director. I know him. <laughs> you ever see um, Four Rooms? No,
0: that's the uh, um, like vignettes or whatever, or like uh, sketch, whatever sketch comedy or whatever.
2: <laughs> More or less, yeah. But um, you know, that's another one that he pairs with Robert Rodriguez. At, and um, you know, there's four rooms in the hotel. Tim Roth plays like a bellboy who has to service each, four, each of the four rooms and um, all four rooms, rather not one of each, but um, anyway um, the way they kind of like film that movie is Robert Rodriguez directs what happens in two rooms and Tarantino directs what happens to the other two. And um, Tarantino is the actor in one of them as well, where uh, he lost a bet and he has to get his finger cut off and yes, uh, to do it. And it's very much him not acting and just being creepy and drunk and, uh, <laughs> There's very much a common theme
0: there with uh, how he acts. <laughs> so uh, of, of all of his roles, this probably has to be his like best role in a Tarantino. I mean, I,
1: I, which does not take much. <laughs> no, it's, it's his, I would say, I haven't seen everything he's acted in, but I would say it's his worst because he's in it the most. Like Jimmy works in Pulp Fiction because Jimmy's in the movie for two minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's the guy. There's the guy. That's the guy. Oh, and he's, he's dropping N-bombs left and right. Oh, okay. That's, that's the guy. I, I know who that guy is. Uh, yeah you know i you know he's creepy like he's just got that naturally creepy demeanor but he needed to act a little bit in this because like his character was like naturally creepy i mean i think he only put himself in this movie so that he could have selma hayek's feet in his mouth that's pretty much the only reason he was he was like yeah i'll do it
2: I, I know he wrote more. the thing i know he wrote the
1: thing but he wrote it like six years before they filmed it or whatever like this was exclusively like oh selma hayek's gonna be the girl uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the role i'm yeah, a celebrity so, now i'll do just, it nope, just girl. let
2: me in so um, it's been six years in the making yeah tommy you did some research <laughs> on this right beforehand
0: yeah yeah so apparently what happened was on set uh george clooney and tarantino um got into a fight about who get the fuck uh, fucking sucks on Hayek's toes uh very understandable fight apparently but uh Clooney was like kind of asking like oh like you know she abuses uh, him and like calls me um calls me uh my uh, her slave or whatever it's like why the fuck can i sl- uh, suck her toes in was like no i'm the fucking screenwriter dude i get the toe pass <laughs>
2: I, I mean i don't know man like rightfully so i suppose but like you know like as we were saying before this uh started recording like tommy if you were directing a movie And I have that scene. I'm the supporting actor. You're going to hook a brother up, right? Just knowing who I am. I'm Quentin Tarantino. I'm the toe guy. Like, I I think George Clooney could have taken a pass, especially considering uh, he became a very, very successful actor after this. And he probably
0: got paid a lot more than Tarantino. (laughs) That's for sure.
1: He's also a lot better looking than Quentin Tarantino. Like, there's no reason that she would put her she had to pick one to put her. She's probably picking Clooney ten times out of ten on that set. If she had, if she had her way, I would, I would only imagine.
0: <laughs> she, she's probably like that's probably the biggest acting job that she just wasn't just like immediately repulsed by putting oh, her feet in, uh, in Tarantino's mouth. <laughs> uh,
1: but this is probably his worst like foot fetish example. Like there was the shot before when they're on the RV. I think it's Juliette Lewis's feet that he it, like the camera's on it for like fifteen seconds. Like
2: yeah, just, like, no, but that's the first thing that he checks out like because he's eyeballing her and granted she's also underage in that movie i believe right yeah i think she's supposed to be
1: playing she's supposed to be playing somebody underage yeah but
2: that's where it starts and and then your mind just immediately goes to that awkward place where you're like okay so there goes
0: tarantino's creative direction (laughs) yeah immediately so like pretty much like it's like uh, apparently like in sin city like tarantino directed a scene for a dollar and you have to imagine that like if there's any scene he could have directed in it was the scene where any foot scene is like rodriguez let me just take this over for the feet come on let me get this in <laughs> That's What i'm saying and and like you know they're boys they've done movies
2: together and if like i were robert rodriguez i'd be like i got you buddy He gets to suck on high x toes and then there you go boom raging hard on cut scene
0: yeah. go jerk off in the bathroom <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> It required, required no acting by Tarantino because he was just loving every moment of it. He was like, That's what on I'm that
2: saying. One. He just had to be a little bit more of a creep than he normally is. Like, you know, just like you know,
1: <laughs> and he even, like, he didn't even do it that well, except for maybe that one scene. But that was just him. Like, he was he, the cameras did not need to be on there. He was I, I,
0: literally living. There. I just I just love in general the crazy shit that happens in the movie. Where like uh, at one point Tarantino imagines Juliet Lewis saying to him like. Hey, Richie, don't you really want to eat my pussy? <laughs> but
2: but to- I, I think, like, there's that. And then the other, like, most cringe-worthy scene was, like, when Clooney leaves him alone with the maid in the motel room. And then he's like, why don't you, like, come sit on the bed? And, like, you know, it's real cozy. Like, you, you know, shit like that. And then you just, like, get that, like, fucking rush. Like, he's going to fucking kill the shit out of this girl. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like, for no apparent reason at all. Like, they're just supposed to be laying fucking low, and he just can't help himself. But, yeah, like, I love, I
0: love George Clooney being like, Why the fuck did you kill her? Like, because she said couldn't sit down. Well, why, why, why else? She, it was her fault. <laughs>
1: well, I, the background of the movie, for those who may be listening and have no fucking clue what we're talking about, is that Seth Greco, gecko, played by George Clooney, and Richard Gecko, played by Quentin Tarantino, are bank robbers. They're on the run, they're making a chase for the border. And they hijack a RV family with Harvey Keitel, who plays Jacob and his two kids, Juliet Lewis, who plays Kate and Ernest Lou, who I'd never heard of and who plays Scott, but whatever. Yeah. they hijack <laughs> and they go into, to get into Mexico to escape the border. And it's like said beforehand that that Ritchie, Rich, who's Tarantino's character, is like a convicted sex felon. and they really lay it on thick that he's like, a sex felon <laughs> I love
0: that. I love that exposition scene though of the newscast where, like, the newscast, uh, caster played by what John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston, is just so chipper and happy and be like, they killed a hundred people. Oh my oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that it raises was... the death toll, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, when they're when they so when, happy,
1: <laughs> like, the way the death toll rises was so funny because I was like, yeah, I could absolutely see like CNN or like anything like in doing something stupid like that. Just like, it's
2: very Robert Rodriguez, too, you know, just like that just kind of like sarcastic witty humor like to something so dark but, yeah, and like uh, it's
1: a good way to deliver exposition to to give you that background without having to to you know make it fucking boring it could have just been some stupid boring guy yeah on oh, mm-hmm. no no that but um
2: it's actually i have a funny story about the first time i saw this movie um so i was at my cousin's house um i was staying the night and we were just like flipping through the channels and I saw that movie and I hadn't recognized it and stopped for any particular reason. But I just um, noticed it was like George Clooney just killing vampires. So when I flipped it on, it was halfway through the movie already. It, yeah. And it was just when the vampire started turning. And it's really funny because I'm watching this movie. I'm obviously getting into it because it's just nonstop action. I'm just like, this yeah. is really fucking good. And like from dusk till dawn. All right. Like I'm going to rent this movie and I'm just going to like check it out from start to finish. And a few months go by, I rent the movie, I'm watching it, and I'm like, did I fuck up here and, like, rent the wrong movie? Because, like, <laughs> it's at the, like the bank robber scene, I'm like, where are all the vampires? Like, where, yeah. like, you know. This Why is this gonna... not a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I thought that, like, maybe I rented the prequel by accident, like, or some <laughs> shit. And yeah. um yeah, no, but from it, dawn till it, dusk.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, The X-rated version. Oh, god damn it, not again, Mom. Mom, no. I've a Porto version. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose this time. No, <laughs> but um, no, but it, that's the thing is that I, I've never seen a movie like that before that like had transitioned from like it, it, it's kind of like um, oh, what's that one movie the the about the twelve bars that um. Uh Shaun of the Dead. That oh, guy. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How like immediately No, no that uh, other movie. Where oh just... uh The
0: World's End. So the spoilers World's end spoilers the World's End where it start. uh this movie. Timmy, this is your first time seeing the movie. So did you yeah. know about the vampire side of this? I read
1: in? I read the blurb and then I forgot about the blurb because I was just like oh they bump into vampires all right like we'll see we'll we'll (laughs) see i'm like i'm like all right and then like it's 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 like an hour in that they like actually encounter vampires and and then i'm like wait a minute there's fucking vampires in this movie what the fuck's going on yeah um i i do think well because this is an a movie from a different age like this these are the exploitation movies that you know, Rodriguez and Tarantino were raised on. And and like I think this is Tarantino's like rawest script. It's probably because right. You were saying Tommy that he wrote the script to get some makeup director to do his movie if he wrote yeah. the script for him or something like that, right?
0: So basically, this movie, I didn't realize this until recently, that um, this pretty much launched Tarantino's career. Uh, obviously, it came out after Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and all those. But basically, what happened was Robert Kurtzman, he was the co-founder of this Hollywood uh, makeup studio called K&B. They did the special effects for like Predator, uh, some of the Freddy Krueger movies, some of the Michael Myers um, and from Army of Darkness so he wanted to make a movie that would pretty much showcase how great their special effects were and so he came up with the basic idea of basically just bank robbers and vampires essentially and um, he heard about this kid Tarantino who had natural born killers and true romance already as written as written uh, brain samples so he hired Tarantino off that. Tarantino was paid uh, $1,500 which would be the equivalent of like $3,000 today so still a lot of money. Tarantino was able to quit his video store clerk job which was original thing and tarantino did this movie in order to um get the guy robert kurtzman to do special effects for reservoir dogs specifically the ear cutting off scene which mm. was great in that movie so it's kind of crazy to think so basically like this movie comes out uh or this movie they're trying to pitch it like you know nobody gives a shit no, nobody uh, understands it. So like why are there vampires there's just vampires out of nowhere like essentially the movie's over when they make it an escape free and this movie's still going on like wait what's going on um, but executives didn't care, and then Pulp Fiction happened. It blows the fuck up, and everyone wants to do anything that Tarantino's involved with right now. He's the fucking hot commodity in Hollywood. Everyone's just like, "How can we get a script in here?" And this is what finally people are like, "Oh yeah, let's do this fucking stupid vampire movie. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> this will
1: sell." Yeah. Well, the, you know, when you think of like exploitation movies from like the '70s and the '80s a lot of them are kind of like this except this definitely has a better like dialogue and better script but it's usually like 45 minutes of nothing going on and then some very small production company putting all their money into like the last half an hour where there's monsters or ghosts or whatever the fuck they're they're chasing you know it's the kind of films that uh, he would even say he grew up on Mm -hmm. well and then there's like in the bar when they're in the bar and they're starting to fight the 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 vampire. Bouncers, yeah. If Fred so Fred Williamson is in this movie who was Frost and he was a star of the black Blaxplo- exploitation movies in like the in the 70s and the 80s. Like he was a leading man in that front. So when you're watching him, like the the guy who's like the Vietnam veteran and stuff, like he was put in there almost as like a wink wink homage. Like he one of his most famous movies is called Black and Hardar. Like, that's the title of the movie. (laughs) It's just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's that's the hard arc. So, apparently,
0: uh, Fred Williamson, he was, like, a former NFL running back. He had, uh, back in the day, three rules for him to be in a movie. But he broke them just to be in from Dust of Dawn. Those three rules were, he can't be killed in the movie. He has to win all the fights, and he gets to go at the end of the movie. And just for this movie, he was just like, ah, you know, I don't die until I'm a vampire. So, like, you know, I guess this counts and whatever. This movie sounds awesome. Probably his career was on the downturn at this point, too.
1: Also, yeah. it helps that like the hottest commodity in Hollywood is like, hey, we want you to be in this movie. Yeah, exactly. He exactly. he was making like you know seven hundred thousand dollar budget movies his entire career. He's like, this movie has like a ten million dollar budget. I'm it's a nice, yeah, I'm nice in. fun
2: retirement movie for him. You know, yeah, hang up his yeah. hat. But um, I I thought Harvey Keitel was brilliant though, and, and like, that's the thing is that like I I think that um he was really like showcased a lot with his like winston wolf performance and pulp fiction like i mean obviously he's been an actor for like decades prior to his career with tarantino but i I think like it kind of went through this like sort of revival sort of thing in the 90s doing his movies he, he was able to act like this badass fixer on one hand and next thing you know he's a badass fucking preacher you know yeah yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is that you respect him the entire way through because he sticks to his morals the entire time but like when his back's against the wall once he's been bitten, he's out there with a crossbow and fucking
0: blessing condoms full of holy water. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah fucking like water balloons yeah. and condoms full of holy water and they melt the fucking vampire spaces. So. It, it um, very
2: fucking cool. Now, but there, there's yeah. something to be said about him as a supporting actor in that movie. He, he did an amazing job. It, yep. Well,
1: he he was like the lead title because i mean he was the biggest star in the movie at the time that like actor acting wise he was yeah, like his, on paper absolutely because at this point clooney george blew up
0: this was um a year before batman and robin which obviously that movie's shit but um was a big get for clooney which he got because of this movie and clooney was only really known for like er at this time um which apparently was a huge hit back in the day. I mean, I never seen the episode. Yeah, but, but.
1: that's that's when the tr- that used to be when the tr- that like the transition between TV and movie used to be so fucking difficult like yeah. if you got started in TV, it was really really hard to break the stigma of he's just a TV actor and he can yeah. lead movies. And this you can see in this performance that he is. There's this is when they they clear out the first wave of vampires and he just there's a little monologue, and you just, you can see the power of them in this movie. We got a bunch of fucking
0: vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. And that's it, plain and
2: simple. And I don't want to hear anything about, I don't believe in vampires. Because I don't fucking believe in vampires. But I believe in my own two eyes. And what I saw is fucking
1: vampires. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? Yes. You too, Preacher.
0: I don't believe in vampires,
2: but I believe in what I saw. Good for
1: you. Like, it's just that, like, little good for you, just like the complete disregard or doesn't give a shit. And it it almost makes me wish that Tarantino wasn't in the movie and that they casted like a proper actor in there. Cause I think there was more that they could have done with like the Richie and Seth dynamic, especially like the scene where he has them pressed against the wall after he kills the bank teller and it's, and it's just Tarantino, like, stuttering, and it's, like, if you had somebody here who could actually, like, ebb and flow with, with, (laughs) act, yeah, like, I think, I think the movie would be better, because I, I think, you know, I, I enjoyed this movie, and I, it's because it's a particular kind of movie, and it doesn't try to, like, hide it from you at all, but I, I don't, like, I think Seth and Richie are both very, very unlikable characters, and Clooney completely, like, Carries that for him, where you're just like, oh, okay, well, he's kind of a cool guy. And Tarantino does not at all. <laughs> and- yeah,
0: Tarantino's the one you want to hate, where it's just like, oh, fuck this guy, he's this fuck this little creep, the foot fetish dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, and and then you know Harvey Keitel, like I I felt like there was a like he was only there, so then that way they could bless the stuff to do it, because like it doesn't make sense that they like they go into the bar, the titty twister which is a great name for a bar and first of all that set like the exterior and the interior of that set were yeah. awesome like where you just arrived there and you're just like oh shit and like i completely forgot that there was gonna be vampires in this movie i'm like all right so this is like the first set piece we're seeing here okay cool we'll be here for 20 minutes then we're gonna go to the next place and then the final place or whatever nope we're here they blew all their budget on <laughs> on that on that set right there um but you know he like they walk into the bar and it's like like, okay, they're in the bar, like let them walk ahead and run back to your RV and get the fuck out of there. And then yeah. the, Danny Trejo is the bartender and he's like, this is a this is a bike, this is a biker and trucker's bar only. And you're not a trucker. He's like, Well, actually, I drive an RV, so I have a class two license here. And it's like, why are you why are you, help, why are you <laughs> why helping po- him? He literally yeah, kidnapped you. He li- and like held a gun to your children's head. Like, why the fuck are you helping these people? Like and <laughs> I mean, even I think the- he's
2: trying to save his own life too, because it's just like if these like angry Mexican bikers are gonna kill like George Clooney, they're probably gonna kill him too. No,
1: but- I'm saying I'm saying when those two walk in the door. Stand there and then walk the fuck out and just run in your RV and like off into the night. Like yeah, it's just, what, I,
0: but including did, did Clooney have the keys at that point? Because that's what I thought. I thought that Clooney still had the keys. No, out. no,
1: he he
2: did say that they're gonna wait there until they're caught.
1: He, well, got he there. said that I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember seeing the keys, but I. I, I mean i'm sure there maybe know. there is something there but
2: i, I think it, i think there's definitely a plot hole there for sure but or maybe it's stockholm syndrome who, who yeah. fucking knows yeah.
1: maybe. Um, well, and, and, and like,
0: ironically he um him like showing like the trucker rv shit like ends up killing them all well not all of them but everyone but julian lewis and fucking george clooney <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah well at the end like even when they're at the border and his son's like no just turn them in and he's like no trust me it's like why wouldn't you turn them in being like like blink blink like go check the fucking bathroom like yeah. like like sign it being like like this like you could just have like a normal conversation being like well well
0: because he probably thought that his, like fucking kids are gonna die if he uh ended up like signaling anything
1: yeah I, I guess yeah i
2: guess because you have a
0: hostage in the
2: bathroom but uh you know there's a million what ifs you could spin on this movie yeah
1: and it it doesn't matter because the movie doesn't take itself seriously like i i don't really give a shit about plot those are my favorite
2: kind of movies the ones that don't take themselves too seriously and yeah it's not speaking of that if we're talking about actors here and breakout roles in this movie can we talk about cheech martin who plays three roles in the entire movie and just absolutely slays it in all three of them
0: Yeah, no, he's he's amazing. The fact that like every character is a little bit different, like he plays like the serious trait laced uh border patrol agent, and then he plays um Titty Twister, the fucking titty hype man, the the pussy uh he says the pussy shit
1: all over and over and over again. Yeah,
2: and um (laughs) and then he's uh Clooney's connect at the end, the guy that they're supposed to be meeting up with the whole time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to mention him up there because when you're introduced to the titty twister, you are introduced to Chichmar and Boy, he is absolutely electric in this part of the movie. Pussy! 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 Come on in, pussy lovers!
2: Here at the Titty Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an upper on
1: our best selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy. We got hot pussy, cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy we got hairy pussy bloody pussy we got and pussy we got silk pussy velvet pussy nalga high
2: pussy even got horse pussy dog pussy chicken pussy come on you want pussy come on in pussy lovers if we don't got it you don't want it come on in pussy lovers
1: so I I think I think of like the, the John Mulaney uh, stand-up clip when I hear that where he's where he's talking about iced tea and law and order SVU Like trying to piece together the clips, like, and he's like, I could just watch an entire television series of Ice Tea, just putting the pieces together of like a murder. I'm like, I could listen to this guy just screaming off the type of pussy that they have at this bar for an hour and a half. Like, I could just sit there and watch it because it's just electric. (laughs) It's the best salesman. Before you even go inside, it's just
2: like, no, keep going. I want to know about all the pussy that you have in there.
1: (laughs) Please keep telling me the pussy. (laughs) And it sets like the the mood of and like the like the atmosphere of the the place too like it does it so well because at that point you you're kind of not that the movie's stalling but you're it's kind of like your very typical action movie and there's not really a ton of that kind of like grandiose like humor like where you said like the Robert Rodriguez style and like the kind of satirical wit like it was in that little you know newsreel that that's an exposition dump Mm -hmm it's not really there for like the first uh, you know 40 minutes of the movie and then you arrive at the mm. the titty twister the with stri- the exception
2: of the very first scene though when they're in the gas station
1: yeah. and, 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 yeah. and
2: that that's actually um what i later found out when i was a nerd and watching like how they made the movie that was the last scene that they shot and oh really I, yeah no rightfully so i feel like because like I feel like most of the movie took place in the titty twister. So it's just like, okay, we got like this cheap ass barn that we could do whatever we want with. Like half the movie is going to be filmed here. Like a quarter of the movie is going to be filmed like from the road in a shitty motel. And then the rest of it is going to be filmed at a shitty gas station where we're going to have to figure out a way to blow it to high hell. And they fucking do like, they literally yeah. like, it, it, it's an actual fucking structure and they just bought a ton of explosives and just blew the whole thing fucking up. And then that's how they it's ended a- up rapping.
0: It's a great, it's a great cold open too, because like just you go in there and immediately starts off with uh, Michael Parks playing the uh, sheriff Earl Duke, who he plays the same character in Kill Bill and Death Proof. Um, oh, so I, like,
2: I, I never picked up on that. That's all I'll Yeah,
0: think. yeah. So like just the Tarantino thing. I think in most of those movies he ends up dying. But uh, anyways, it's just one of those things that just like you're you're like, okay, what am I watching right here? Then immediately
1: goes zero to one hundred real quick. And George will be like, do you fucking tell tell this guy that do you give him fucking single here? <laughs> That, that felt like the most Tarantino part of the movie. Like, like yeah. that that cold, cold open I felt was like mm. the most I could feel his, like what you would think of Quentin Tarantino
0: screenwriting.
1: Yeah. Like that cold open where it's just like the, the sheriff and the clerk going back and forth. And you both, everybody knows it's like, all right, well, these people don't fucking matter. Clooney and Tarantino, where, where are they? And it's, it's right. very engaging di- dialogue. And then they come out. And, they shoot, and, and
2: shoot just, the... like, the bickering, like, as they're, like, leaving, like, the crime scene, the whole gas station is blowing up behind them, and then Tarantino and Clooney are just bickering, like, a couple of fucking brothers, and, like, I, I, I don't know, I, a part of me is, like, yeah, inside of the gas station was very much Tarantino, as they were leaving, very much Robert Rodriguez, and the action scenes, you know, just fucking, Yeah, oh, yeah. Just the bullet through the hand, and then you get to see, like, his eye, like, you know, just obscene violence but like in yeah. a very fun way like an aesthetically pleasing way to like kind of watch you know what i mean even when very even like, you know, yeah even if you're like not too used to seeing like violence or gory movies you're watching that and you're laughing because it's just like it, it's comical in a way yeah <laughs> like, it's it's
0: not be cartoonish and it's uh, uh they kind of make this movie make like a double feature in a way where the first half is just really just a crime thriller, typical Tarantino shit, uh, which mm. which we all love, and then the second half is just bonkers, balls to the wall special effects. You're gonna see fucking vampire spaces melt off. Mm. It's like what?
2: <laughs> vampire mariachi band playing. Yeah, a, a body guitar. Like yeah,
0: human corpses like fucking. It's uh, it's, 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 it's a guitar
2: It's live. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies, I'd, I'd say, as far as like that whole genre goes, if you yeah. can even put, put it in one.
0: So, is one of the main reasons you love it because of uh, Semla <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, t-
2: I'd, yeah, I, I'd say that that's um, most guys' reasons. I mean, dude, yeah. she's in her fucking primo in that movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> she's like one of the most beautiful women to like ever walk the earth, and she had to put fucking feet in quentin tarantino's mouth and i know we talked about it already but it's
2: got me a little excited there you know? just like no, fucking I, watching her do her fucking thing
1: it was, it's it's very like i'm i'm pulling up her imdb page right now like this is one of her like very first like she was in stuff, but I feel like this was like her big breakout because she was, but well, just-
0: she was in like Desperado before and stuff like that. But she was like, so, yeah.
1: but she was like so seductive. That's what I feel like this is when a lot of men were like, Oh, yeah, I would oh, marry this-, this woman. I would marry this. <laughs> well, woman.
0: Desperado was also Robert Rodriguez, if I'm not mistaken,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So, like,
0: Robert Rodriguez was an early champion of her because she yeah. shows up in like all of his movies, like The Faculty and um, other Robert Rodriguez movies I can't think of off the top of my head. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> Mandalorian.
0: <laughs> she, is she the Mandalorian?
2: No, no. Robert Rodriguez directed um, Boba Fett. That's what saying. Boba was. Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Boba <laughs> Fett guy.
0: <laughs> forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. That's
2: a joke. I, yeah, no, she was the Rancor.
0: <laughs> oh, she's in the Spy Kids movies, too. So, yeah. <laughs> All she Robert is Rodriguez. in
2: the Spy Kids movies. Holy shit. I completely forgot about that.
0: It's, it's also Grown Ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that's weird about Rodriguez that, that his filmography goes from like crazy over the top, like can't be horror, to like kids fair like spy kids, where it's just like what? <laughs> it's well a, very lot ways, she,
2: a lot of a lot of ways he wrote me in that way. I, I love spy kids when I was growing up. Oh I yeah, did, no, those movies I, are
0: great.
1: Well, I feel like it's even like when you think about like Peter Jackson and then the Lord of the Rings, like think about a lot of the reason why the Lord of the Rings works. It's like peter jackson took that like horror schlocky background and then put it into this like big budget production and like the orc makeup is so like disgusting and he's not afraid to like show you that like i haven't seen spy kids in 15 whatever 20 years or whatever but like when i think back to it i remember thinking like it's a very like compared to like other just like cut-of-the-mill kids movies they're like very visually distinct and while the stories are you know spy kids stories but like it it is so creepy they're they're visually stimulating like they're engaging because you're putting somebody who's coming from a very creative filmmaking background and giving him a script to an audience that's not introduced to that very much
0: yeah and and he still like presents some creepy things on his movies like remember like the fucking thumb guys or something in Spy Kids like all the guys the thumb thumbs that's what they're on (laughs) don't ask me how I remember that Because you are the Rodriguez uh, uh fan, number one, right here. Fanboy, fanboy right
2: here. Yeah. Sure, sure. Even bigger Pee Wee Herman fan who plays Floop. Nah! You probably I edit that stalling. out. It's going to hurt people's ears. Ah, a... <laughs> uh, people are used to it. Nah!
1: Right, we're, we're transitioning. <laughs> I'm going to cut this out, but we're, we're transitioning. Very good. They stole my bike! I stole my bike! One more time. <laughs> One more time. We can do it, boy. I, I might just leave this in at this point, because it's He's just fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: why did you feel the need to yell there? There was nothing that you could have. I,
0: was, I was trying to do the Paul Rubens laugh, uh, laugh you know? or the uh, Paul Rubens jerking off the back of the
1: theater uh, move. <laughs> that sounds like something you would do. <laughs> All right. You ready, boys? Ready? Yeah, we're <laughs> done. We're done. Yeah. We're over it. I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. So I, I do think this is kind of open to interpretation, you know, who kind of stole the movie? Who's the big star? I mean, Clooney is like the, the clear answer in my mind, and, and most likely is because he was able to just completely transform his career from there and become one of the most iconic actors in the history of Hollywood but I mean you said Harvey Keitel he's fantastic in this I mean Cheech Marin Selma Hayek like she's in the movie for five minutes but Cheech Martin those, so those are those are some five minutes that she's in and even I,
0: yeah uh, I find the pick would be Samuel because I mean like yeah obviously fucking George Clooney like blew up and like became a lean man but also she just after a five-minute scene became like one of the most in-demand actresses for a good period of the 90s and like 2000s just off that one scene everyone's like okay this we need this person in this movie
1: <laughs> yeah, she she was the it girl
0: yeah
2: yeah i think you're an it girl tommy
0: i try um,
1: so steve steve who would you say would be like the the star of the show cheech martin three roles to say. and how many times have you seen this movie
2: I don't know. I lost count. It, like it, that's the thing is, like before I went on this podcast, time I was like, "Hey, you should like watch the movie before we get on the podcast." I'm like, "I don't think so. I got this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know this by memory." <laughs> yeah, like it's
2: Selma Hayek's toast etched into my brain. No. <laughs> um, yeah, just it, that um, scene
0: on. You gotta imagine that scene on VHS tapes, which is fucking worn out constantly. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, really part real- of the movie's messed up don't ask questions son <laughs> yeah yeah don't, don't ask why it's so grainy right here kid <laughs> yeah um
2: i i I mean i don't know it, it, it's hard to say clooney without being obvious you know but like you know he obviously did fucking steal the show but um yeah i i think i'm just gonna go with uh harvey keitel as much as like he's he was an established actor you know as far as like there's something to be said about a very strong supporting actor, and I'll say that for a lot of movies, and, and this is just another example.
1: Yes, I would agree. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show.
0: Ah! Are you ready, comedy partner? Walk out, walk out.
1: What the fuck
2: is
0: this?
1: <laughs> Tommy, does this does this movie work as a Muppet adaptation?
0: Are you serious? This yes, it, you does. Do yes it does. Yes, it does! Yeah, yeah, I think it does. I think if you make this movie fucking Muppet Adaptation is Muppet Vampires, and like you see like Miss Piggy or Kermit like fucking stuffing just coming out everywhere, just bloody as fuck, puppet bloody. It'd be fucking hilarious. I, I think, it,
2: I think it would never coming on work. this podcast ever again.
1: <laughs> you were warned. You were warned. We told I, you I, were warned. I
2: was, I was. I I I'm playing it up for the audience. <laughs> I know. I know. I know.
1: I'm playing it up too. Don't worry. <laughs> No, I, um, I, I think it would be really funny, and if the, I think it would be even funnier, and despite shitting on him the entire movie, if the only human in the movie was just Quentin Tarantino, and then you have that scene in the back of the bus, and Miss Piggy's playing Juliet Lewis's character, and it's just like him staring out like puppet. Muppet <laughs> <Nuppet> feet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like and then flat it's flat, chested Tarantino. Muppet body.
1: Yeah, and and it's like, and then like the scene with Selma Hayek. You have like Janice or whoever the fuck playing like Selma Hayek in in that role. No, you you know you have you have Fozzie Bear playing Selma Hayek in that role, and then you just see like some puppeteer like hovering Fozzie Bear up and down, like just trying to like jam the foot in Tarantino's mouth, and like the it's the it's tequila he's in, pouring is just, right? <laughs> just getting stuck on the fur, just getting stuck on the fur.
2: <laughs> the wires are getting all tangled and shit Don't tell me <laughs> this
1: movie wouldn't be hilarious I like think that. anything would...
2: would be Funnier as with puppets Just, I, I think puppets and mascots are hilarious That's why yeah. I, I can't take Furry seriously, sorry furries if you're listening But you guys are hilarious Sorry
1: Tommy <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Tommy. Just, anybody in a mascot Costume or just like puppets in general Like it, it, it can't That's... Be taken it seriously, it's just hilarious To fucking watch
1: except yeah. that, what was that Melissa McCarthy movie with the puppets oh, that um, literally nobody saw?
0: Yeah, it was It, I, I, it was supposed to be like an R.A. puppet movie and everyone was just like, oh, this doesn't work. It was just stupid. Um, but it tried to take it. itself seriously? No, it tried to be like very like, I think like, uh, it was made by one of the Henson like, kids.
1: Oh, the Happy Time, oh, Happy Murders. time Murders.
0: Yeah, we got it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was supposed to be just like a train wreck of a movie where it, was just, it didn't work. Or, uh, Peter Jackson did a movie like that where it was just very violent over the top Muppet like characters just like fucking and like smoking crack and shit like that (laughs) and apparently it's fucking like a hilarious Grindhouse movie so it could work
1: (laughs) yeah I I would like to see this movie made with Muppets more so than anything we've seen well that's not true Legally Blonde but with the dad being the only human with the martini glass like I I would like to see that cut of of Legally Blonde Um, (laughs) but all right it's review time Tommy why don't you kick us off
0: all right, so um, you know I've loved this movie uh, ever since the first time I watched it with my family because I rented off Netflix DVD and my family once went to the vampire scene was like, what the fuck are we watching, Tommy? Um, is but, this is why it, you
2: got the sound.
0: Yeah, essentially. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, Makes pretty sense. much, pretty much what happened. Um, but anyways, um, so. This movie is a great like, little campy little piece where I like the first half where it's kind of a great crime thriller and second half just going bonkers, balls to the wall, insane. This is a great movie to watch with friends, especially over a few beers. And it knows exactly what type of movie it is. It's not trying to be anything more than that. Um, Even with Tarantino's terrible performance, it kind of works for the movie just because it's a grindhouse movie. And yeah, there's going to be some shitty people. You have Tom Savini coming in with the fucking uh, dick gun uh, coming out. So overall, I have to give this four out of five stars. Really wow like
2: tommy wow yeah. for four out of five stars tommy you you have you have the godfather you have good fellows he hasn't seen the godfather Dustin. well tommy doesn't have the attention spent for godfather so Well, we're that, doing not, the god <laughs>
1: we're doing the godfather soon it's, it's happening it's the 50th he's, anniversary he's making it happen you do.
2: call me when you do uh, i i'm, I'm very it, it's very hard for me to give a movie four four stars like so, I, 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 Even I, I, this I, I, is one
0: of your fair movies, apparently well, Tommy, Oh, it Tommy.
2: absolutely is But, like, stay in your lane, man This is, like, totally my favorite three-star movie All fucking day, but, like, you know <laughs> it, it is what it is It's a vampire zombie shoot-'em-up movie you get Like, four stars, just like muah, the creme Tommy. de la creme. Well,
1: well, well he gave Batman versus Superman Two stars, he has, like, the worst Rating system I've ever seen He's just, like, well, two I didn't stars turn it off, so two and a half movie. stars out of five I don't know like that's that's tommy's like barometer for gone with the wind the godfather from dust till dawn four star movies right (laughs) exactly what it wants to be you have to explore his letterbox page and just see how many five star movies he has on there it's like it's unbelievable Oh, it's
0: not that bad
1: (laughs) oh it's tommy i have like i have spent more time than somebody should admit which is realistically (laughs) like 20 minutes but that's still way more time than anybody should ever spend (laughs) <laughs> well, you're just like stalking
0: my leg like, because yeah, that's the new thing I started doing this year. I started tracking all my movies I watch on Letterboxd because uh, apparently at the end of the year they tell you like, "Hey, here's like the director you watch the most, here's the actor you watch the most, and stuff like that." And I was like, "Oh, I want to see what this will be like." Um, oh,
2: that's interesting. They give you the yeah. algorithm for it.
0: Yeah, all it's right. cool in that way. But uh, so you were just like tracking through my letterbox to me. <laughs> I, I mean, that's I, why you it was, made it. <laughs> so yeah, it was a trip. Yeah, it was a. trip. if you follow the pod, you can follow it too. I'm uh, TT squared. <laughs>
1: We were, I mean, Tommy, we do a podcast together. I had to get an idea of how you rate movies, and you gave Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings, the same score. So I was a little scared and a little yeah, Tommy. Do, to do you ca-
2: do you care to answer to that, Mister? I give from
0: Dust till Dawn four stars. Um, wow, yeah, Deb, just pile on right now. Um, we had <laughs> to do a right it's, from, it's all right here, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From from uh Lord of the Rings, I mean, the only time I've seen those movies was uh, back to back to back in one sitting. Uh, so
1: that's the best way to experience
0: them. Like twelve or fifteen hours. So I mean, by the time we got to like, I don't know, the first movie's boring. I, I find Fellowship of the Ring kind of boring.
1: <laughs> so nah, be it's because you have the attention span of a gopher. I don't need a fucking three and a half hour movie. To- they're, they're masterpieces. Yeah, but now, but man. meanwhile, Superman
2: versus Batman was way too fucking long and not it a was, good movie. <laughs> it was one of the
1: worst movies I. That's have why I got seen. the same race. It was one of the worst movies I have ever seen, and I'm proud of myself for making it through to the end of that movie. And I think part of it was just like I need to say I've seen it all the way through, so I can be like. This movie sucks. I started getting
2: up like half, like with 30 minutes left. I'm like, okay, it must be over, right? It's like, no, you have to sit through all of Superman's funeral. Like, god damn it. It's (laughs) so
1: annoying. This movie sucks. Anyway. Who stars? Tommy Tevane. Yeah, two out of
0: five. That means it's a bad movie, but I found something's enjoyable. I I, like Ben Affleck. I like uh, (laughs) Batfleck.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. He has a crush on the Batfleck.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Anyway, three stars from Dustil Till Dawn. I, I think it's perfect for what it is and I, I don't think it's going to get much higher than that just because it's like literally you, you give me, you put this script in front of me and then that's the finished product. I think it's perfect. It hits every fucking bar, but it's not going to be put in that four star rating. First of all, you can't put Make a five-star rating? Can you? Have you ever been five stars?
1: Yeah, like, dude, that's yeah. A very common. Out of just out of five,
2: that's out. what
0: Letterboxd says. It's
2: five. Yeah, but like the people who rate movies, like I've never like. Yeah, yeah, I can
1: do. We can. It's our podcast where we rate movies, and we can do it on whatever scale. I okay, don't need to so so we're either. doing so we're
2: doing it out of the out five Okay, I'll give it a three and a half then, since we're going out of five.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so, for me, I, I, as you said, it's like no higher than a three. It, it executes exactly what it is. I kind of wish there was a tighter, like, I feel like that first act could have been maybe a little tighter. I think there's just some kind of sometimes some fallacies where, like, because the movie switches just like that.
2: Hmm.
1: I yeah, would think maybe, that's a part
2: of the humor, you know? I, I, yeah. I oh, no. It, yeah. It's a part of the shock value, you know? Yeah, but
1: that that's my, I and mean, no, that I don't mind. I'm just talking like, they could have maybe built a little more character. And especially when you hear like Quentin Tarantino wrote this screenplay. It's like, it's very clear that Quentin Tarantino wrote this screenplay in, you know, a weekend do on a Coke bender. Like that, that's probably what happened because he was like, yeah. all right, I'm getting this guy to do the makeup for my movie. All right, let me write this script really quick. Uh, vampires at a titty bar in Mexico. Uh, let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> exactly. So uh, for, for me, I, I'll give this two and a half out of five. It's Tommy said it best. It's a perfect movie if you're with friends and you're just like, let's watch something ridiculous and you just want to kick your feet back and laugh at a movie and talk over it. This is the perfect movie for it. it you know, it's it's a ton of fun. The the When you enter the titty twister, it's like, it's such a cool atmosphere and like such great like set design there so for me two out of five you know it can't be more than a three unless it's one of your favorite movies steve where you can make it a three and three and a half out of five but for me totally good i would totally watch it again with a group with some beers or something like that probably never again on my own though to be honest well thanks mr debbie downer <laughs>
2: you really need a soundboard on this podcast. I.
1: What do you think we've been playing
2: on the all the yeah, stuff from? I do. Know, have a soundboard. you need you need a silly channel. You need a channel for like <laughs> 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 the, the right. We're not trying whatever. to be.
1: We're not trying to be. You know, six a.m. Uh,
2: morning, morning talk radio or something. I I would put my. But job you want to, to be on be, that show? I, I I would quit my job to be your friend uh, to your
0: Howard Stern show. Yeah, you you be, you be our. Day. You'd be our Artie Lang. Yeah, you I would be our Artie Lang. <laughs> you already look like him a little.
2: <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Tommy, that was mean. Don't, don't you put nobody, that evil on me. Don't
0: nobody looks before, like Artie before Before the busted nose. But when he was normal. <laughs> Steve, you're
1: way more handsome than, yeah, you are, than you Tommy are. and Artie Lang.
2: Oh, I well, appreciate you kind of saying that. that. I, I did yeah. try.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tommy, that's because you called him. Artie Lang, like you, you you deserved it at that point. But like, that's 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 so mean.
2: Uh, be, I'm sorry. Way I'm way sorry, out of, way out of left field, Tommy. Yeah. So, Hashtag cancel Tommy. Everybody is listening to the podcast.
0: Cancel Tommy. <laughs> just make this the Tim, Tim and Steve show. Yeah, we're right, kicking we, Tommy. are kicking kicked. Tommy off. We're
1: kicking Tommy off the podcast.
2: Start now. a poll at the bottom of the podcast. Um, who has um, a higher viewer uh rating, Steve or Tommy. <laughs> Just, it, I don't
1: know how we could measure that, but we'll find a way. No, you can you, you
2: you can put a poll, like put a poll. You could do poll on you your prefer. Instagram story. <laughs> yeah. Who,
1: who has um? What,
2: what's who would Instagram be a better co-host? <laughs> who who has uh? Who has more rewatchability? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Re-listenability.
0: Re-listenability.
1: Uh, <pot>, <laughs> yeah. You see, you Tommy, go. that's why you're gonna lose when you say things yeah. like that.
2: Hey, this is my uh, this is my first podcast ever, guys. Uh, it's been fucking awesome.
1: Hey, yeah. and any any closing uh, thoughts Steve? Anything you, anything you want to plug or anything like that Or <laughs> I want to plug
2: hashtag cancel Tommy because he's just a fucking nerd and he <laughs> thinks that I look like Artie Lang which is not the case and um, he's too busy just being a nerd to realize that he just looks like a big fat fatty yeah um, yeah I went there you, so
1: can, you, can't, you couldn't the close part. it any better you couldn't close it any better let's <laughs> leave it at that all right. So thank you guys. I, thank you I, upstairs, I, Steve, I, for hopping on the podcast with us. We we appreciate it a lot. It was a lot of fun having you here. We'll definitely yeah, have no. you back
2: All at right. some if, point. Yeah, I'll have to check my very busy calendar. Busy, yeah. busy doing a lot of podcasts these days. You know been,
0: <laughs>
1: Now you're a podcast star. <laughs> he's in he's in demand. Everybody
2: that's listening live right now is blowing you up. Dude, I need you. All right, so yeah. you know, my calendar's gonna be pretty full. But uh, you know, hit me up. Any uh anytime you're doing like uh, a guinea favored movie i would say
1: <laughs> so tommy any anything anything you want to add
0: uh just you know follow us again on uh instagram and twitter at Scene pod and thank you guys for listening so great yeah. time
1: thank you guys all so much for listening we'll see you next week